Hi everyone, I'm Sanhara and welcome to the Black Girl's Guide to Fertility Soul Food Sunday Edition podcast. This show is for all women who are dealing with infertility, but is specifically dedicated to Black women because we have a problem with opening up when it comes to this issue. And I don't want to leave out the men. You guys are welcome here too. On today's episode, I'm going to share some stories about my experiences with Mother's Day and offer a few ways to cope on a holiday that's dreaded by many for various reasons. Who invented Mother's Day? Throughout the years, I always wondered who came up with the idea of Mother's Day. And so I did some research and I realized that a woman by the name of Anna Jarvis came up with Mother's Day. And so she did so um, because her mom, she wanted to honor her mom. And so her mom had started Mother's, Mother's Day work clubs where she would teach women how to care for their children. And she also recalls her mother praying one time and saying that she wished that mothers were honored. And so after her mother had passed on, uh, Anna took on this role of really wanting to honor her mother. And so in 1907, she held a small ceremony in honor of her mother. Um, it was on the second Sunday in May in 1907, and it took place at an Episcopal church in West Virginia. And so that was the first, I guess, unofficial Mother's Day celebration. The following year, she held the same ceremony at the same church, and uh, she gave out white carnations to people in attendance. And so from there, the the ceremony and the notion of Mother's Day took off. And by 1914, it was a national holiday. Now, ironically, uh, throughout Anna's lifetime, she would later fight against the holiday because it became something that she didn't intend it to be. She wanted it to be a private thing where people could celebrate mothers and families could get together and celebrate together. Uh, but it became a commercialized holiday where, you know, it's about raising prices for flowers, where it's about buying candy, buying gifts, you know, crowding all the restaurants. And so it became something that she didn't intend for it to be. And so she regretted starting Mother's Day. And to add to that, which I find more ironic, she never had children. But again, she started this whole movement in honor of her mother because she wanted to honor her mother's sacrifices, but it became a day that she didn't intend for it to come. And so she fought against it up until her death. And that's how Mother's Day came about. Permission to sit the day out. So for many people, Mother's Day is a reminder of sort of what they don't have. And so I think about maybe three groups of people. There are people whose mothers have passed on who are not here. So Mother's Day is not a good day for them. Uh, there are people who are, are are not speaking to their mothers or they're in discord with their mothers for whatever reason, and they can't get their relationship to work. They regret Mother's Day. And then there are people who have difficulty having children who are trying to conceive, who have tried to conceive, it didn't work, you know, whatever that method was, they're having difficulty having children. And so 
that day, this day, is a reminder of those failed attempts. And for me, for many years, I thought I couldn't embrace my feelings and that the feelings I had were just selfish. And so I had to put them out out of my mind and really just celebrate other people and put myself last. But within the past few years, I realized that I don't, if I don't want to go out on Mother's Day, I don't have to. Um, And for the past few years, I would say at least the past three, I haven't gone out for Mother's Day. And if I don't want to go to church on that day, I don't have to go to church on, on that day. And so I embrace those feelings. And, and for me, it's not about not being happy for other mothers or being upset with other mothers. It's just about me being in a space where, let's say if I go to church or if I go to a restaurant and everyone is just beaming, they're happy, they're enjoying, you know, the the day, they're, they have their flowers, they have their candy, and I don't feel like there's anyone being... Uh, sensitive or being aware of the fact that it's not particularly a happy holiday for everyone. Um, And again, that's not to say that mothers should not be celebrated and Mother's Day shouldn't be a day of celebration. But just for those that are in the shoes of, hey, you know, I'm in the situation where I'm having difficulty and I can't get pregnant and this isn't a good day for me. I don't feel that you have to fake the funk. I don't feel that you have to get up and be around other people if that's not something that you are mentally and emotionally prepared to do. So I often opt to sit the day out unless there's a specific reason why I have to go. If I'm in New York and I'm with my mom, then obviously I'm out celebrating the day. But if I don't have to be out and around other people, I don't go. Um, Because at the end of the day, yes, it is a day for celebration, but also think that our mental health and our mental awareness and our feelings are important. And if it's not going to be good for you to go out, then sit the day out. A rose and a thorn. During my first year of dealing with infertility, uh, my OBGYN had put me on Clomid, and this is something that I had mentioned in a previous podcast. Uh, so I was on Clomid uh, for a couple months, and this also was my first uh, Mother's Day going to church, actively trying to conceive. And so the pastor had uh, called up all the mothers. He said, I have roses for all the mothers. He called them up and said, all the mothers, please come up. Um, I want to give you a rose. And so it felt like everyone in the entire church stood up except for me. And so everyone's online getting their roses. They're starting to come back to their seats. And so throughout that time, he kept looking at me. And so then he, after everyone's seated, he says, well, is there anyone here who wants to be a mother? Um, I want you to come up and get a rose as well. Um, And he said, you know, and we'll be praying for you. So I was the only person who got up and I walked up there, got my rose and I went back to my seat. And as the uh, days and, you know, months went on and the clomid didn't work and all that failed, 
I, you know, I obviously was angry about that whole process. Uh, but I always think back on that particular situation and just being in the service and the pastor realizing that basically everyone had gotten up except for me and him having the sensitivity to, you know, just say, hey, is there anyone here who wants to be a mother? And it's my prayer that more churches institute that and have more sensitivity towards people who are trying to conceive. So as you're celebrating mothers, yes, obviously give them roses, but also pray for people who are trying to conceive as well and give them roses too. So that's a memory that sticks out in my mind during year one of me trying to conceive was that someone else actually thought about me and realized that I did not stand up when they said all the mothers come to the front. Invisible me or not? I was at an event last year for uh, filmmakers uh, who wanted to uh, learn more about raising money for the various projects they had uh, going on. And there probably was about 100 or so people in attendance. Out of those 100 people, a few of those people brought their children. And so as I'm sitting there, I'm listening to the speakers talk and give advice on what to do uh, with, you know, the projects and how to raise money and all this stuff. And eventually I just kind of tune them out because in my mind I have my own problems going on. And I'm thinking about Mother's Day is coming up soon. And this was last year. And I'm like, Mother's Day is coming up soon. And so I'm just thinking about all the failed fertility treatments. I'm thinking about all the doctor's appointments I've gone to, I think about the fact that, you know, I have to go back to the doctor, you know, start a fertility treatment again. At that point, uh, we were going to do another IVF again. Um, and I'm just like, you know, I don't want to go back. And so I'm completely engrossed in my thoughts. And as I'm sitting there, this uh, little girl, she was two years old, about two years old. She sat about three rows behind me. She comes around and I guess she broke free from her mom. She comes around and runs up to my row. I was sitting on the end of the row and she tries to sit in the chair next to me. And so, you know, she's grabbing on my leg and trying to climb up and sit in the chair. So I'm looking behind me trying to figure out like where her mom is because I don't want her to hurt herself. So I'm trying to, you know, help her, you know, but not sit her in the chair, but just kind of like keep her in place. And so her mom uh, comes around and, and grabs her and, uh, you know, apologizes to me and takes the little girl back to her seat. A few minutes later, you know, um, I'm still in my thoughts. I go back to my thoughts about, you know, all the stresses of infertility. A few minutes later, the little girl comes back. She runs back over to where I am and she just literally just puts her head in my lap, just rests her head in my lap. And it's like holding on to my legs. And so I'm like, OK. Right. So I just start rubbing her back. And again, I'm looking behind me, looking for her mom. And so her mom comes back over again. Her mom, she's so apologetic. I'm so, so sorry. I don't know why she's doing this. And so the mom like pulls her away. And so the little girl's screaming and she's kicking and all this stuff. My mom was like, I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with her. And so the mom obviously has to take her out because there are speakers, guest speakers up front, you know, giving advice uh, to people. And so the mom has to take her out of, of the uh, room that we were in. And so as I was sitting there, 
Um, and although in my mind, I'm thinking about all the things that I have to deal with when it comes to dealing with infertility, I just kind of thought about and got the revelation that God was telling me that I'm not alone, you know, that although I'm here and I'm dealing with this, I'm not alone. And I feel like the symbolism was the little girl just wrapping her arms around me and kept coming back to me. Even when the mom pulled her away, she just kept coming back. And so I'm not alone. You're not alone. And again, even though it's Mother's Day, we are not alone. God is still with us. Even pastors are infertile. I visit different churches often because I travel. And so uh, this one particular church, they have um, a pretty, um, I would say large congregation and large, I'm meeting uh, probably over 200 or so people. Uh, But the pastors, uh, it's a male and female. The pastors are very hands-on. They're very friendly. They're always greeting people, talking to people. And so uh, every time I would go there, I would always wonder, and at the time, I believe they probably were in their, oh gosh, maybe mid-60s, I'm guessing, I don't know. But I always wondered like where their children were because they were so hands-on, they were so out front, and I was just you know curious, like, oh, where are their children? And so I... I wanted to ask them, but I was like scared to ask them because I know how I felt when people ask me questions about stuff. So one particular uh, Sunday I was there visiting and as I'm getting ready to walk out the door, the pastor's at the back door because he always, you know, greeted people and talked to them and that kind of stuff. And so as I'm inching closer to him to say goodbye a little boy walks up and I guess he probably was like maybe nine or 10 years old, I'm guessing. And he comes running towards the pastor with a piece of paper. And he says, oh, look, pastor, I've got an A on my test. I got an A. And so the pastor was like, oh, let me see it. So the little boy handed him the paper. The pastor looked at it and basically told him how proud he was of him and told him to keep up the good work. And he gave the little boy $20. And so the little boy was so happy. He was jumping and running and he ran out the doors of the church and um, while I'm standing there, you know, the pastor greets me and, you know, he's making small talk. And out of the blue, he says to me, um, you know, me and my wife never had children. He's like, but everyone here, these are my children. You know, everyone here, you know, they're my children. And so I was just like, oh, gosh. And so I remember getting in my car and he was very happy when he said it. But I remember getting in my car and driving off and just literally crying for him and crying for his wife because they were just such good people and are such good people that I was just like, oh, my God, like, how come they don't have children? How come, you know, God didn't open up a door for them to have children? And this didn't happen on Mother's Day, but I think about them literally every Mother's Day, every Father's Day, because I haven't been there in a while. And I just think about, you know, him being so gracious and saying, you know, I don't have children, but everyone here, you know, these, these are my children. And so I just encourage people to reach out to other people, even if they're not your birth parents, they could be your pastors or, you know, a a godparent or someone who does not have children. Just reach out to them and let them know that they are appreciated and let them know that they are loved as well, 
even if they're not your biological parent, but if they've had something to do with, you know, encouraging you, something to do with, you know, uh, building you up and helping you through life, you know, just reach out to them, you know, on Mother's Day and just say, thank you. I appreciate you. You have to pray to make it through the day. A lot of times we get so caught up in our own emotions that we, you know, forget to think about other people and we forget to pray for other people. You know, we're just so laser focused on praying for ourselves, especially on days like Mother's Day where we just kind of want to go away. We want to get through the day and we're just praying for God just to kind of make the time go by. But I, especially for the last few Mother's Days, I have prayed for, I've gotten up and I pray for other women, especially those who have reached out to me. And so even now when people reach out to me, um, I don't specifically tell them that I'm praying for them unless I just end the in the email was saying that I'm praying for them. But other than that, I write their name down um, on my prayer card and I pray for them each and every single day. And I just make those prayers more intense on days like Mother's Day where I know it's so hard to get through the day. And so I just would encourage you to not just pray for yourself, but pray for me, pray for other people, pray for others that I'm sure that you know at this point, if if you're in this walk, I'm sure you know someone else who's dealing with infertility, get up and pray for them on Mother's Day. Send them a text on Mother's Day saying, hey, sis, thinking about you. You know, just do something to let them know, again, that they're not alone and that we're all in this, you know, in this battle together. We're all in this struggle together. And so, yeah, take the time to pray for other people. Take the time to check on other people because they are probably praying for you. I'm Sinhara Eastman, and thank you for listening to the Black Girl's Guide to Fertility Soul Food Sunday Edition podcast. You can stay connected with this movement on my website, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And if you haven't already, please join my mailing list at blackgirlsguidetofertility.com or on sinharaeastman.com. And be sure to go to my Black Girl's Guide to Fertility channel on YouTube to check out my web series.